Man, what a week. Alright, gotta get going. Gotta get in gear here. Gotta do the week four show. Alright. Okay, Google, what time is it? The time is 11.37 a.m. Aw, shit. Okay, we're getting underway a little bit late this morning. What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and welcome to week four of my weekly NFL pick show for the 2016-2017 NFL season. So yeah, we're getting started a little late this morning. Let's just dive right into how I did last week and... I said success was so nice we did it twice. Well, we found some success in week three as well. There were quite a number of upsets this week, and uh, I know there's a number of progs that did not do overly well this week. There are a couple who did very well against the spread, but a, a lot of us didn't do super well in week three. I carved out nine and seven straight up. I'll take a winning week. Anytime you get a winning week, you're doing all right. So nine and seven straight up. I'm 32 and 16 straight up on the season. I'll take that any day of the week. It's around 66, 67%. Two out of every three games. That works for me. Against the spread, I found my first winning week of the season. I went 10 and six against the spread. Now 26 and 22 against the spread so far on the season. I was 16 and 16 heading into week three. Over under finally kind of came back down to earth a little bit over under. I was only 6 and 10 last week. So I'm 27, 20 and 1 over under so far in the season, but hey, all three of our areas straight up against the spread and over under, they're all above 500. You can't argue with that once you get you know a few weeks into the season, everything's over 500. We like that moving forward. The Platinum, Gold, Silver, and Bronze picks from Week 3, they were a success as well. Started the Bronze pick. I told you to take Miami to beat Cleveland. They did do that. It took them overtime and a Jay Ajayi, I think, 11 or 12-yard touchdown run in overtime. But at least they got it done. 30-24, to 24, the final score there. So I told you to take Miami to beat them. That worked out straight up. Against the spread, I told you to take Miami minus 10 because they should have been able to clobber Cleveland. That didn't work out. Uh, they only lost by six points, so Miami lost against the spread at a minus 10. That's a loss for us. I did win, however, over under by telling you to take over 41.5 points in a game that ended with 54. So, bronze, one straight up, lost against the spread, won on the over under. My silver pick, I told you to take Dallas to beat Chicago. That worked out 31 to 17, so Dallas gets the job done there. I told you to take Dallas minus 7.5 on the spread. Of course, they won that game by 14, so that is a win against the spread, although Dallas definitely made me sweat it out there. I honestly thought Chicago was going to score a garbage time touchdown there late in the game, but Dallas minus 7.5 worked out as well. I did, however, tell you to take under 45.5 points. That did not work out, so that was an over-under loss but we won it straight up with Dallas over Chicago and won against the spread with Dallas minus seven and a half. The gold pick, I told you to take Detroit 
uh, sorry, to take Green Bay to beat Detroit in an NFC North matchup. That worked out. They won that game 34 to 27. Green Bay was dominating this game at halftime. Detroit tried to claw their way back, didn't quite work out. But it did also mean that I did win against the spread with the comeback that Detroit did have because I told you to take Detroit plus eight. I told you that was too many points and in fact it was. So we won that one straight up. We also won that one against the spread with Detroit plus eight and we won on the over under. So we swept the gold pick last week. I told you to take over 48 points in a game that ended with 61. So won it straight up with Green Bay over Detroit, won against the spread with Detroit plus eight, and one on the over-under with over 48 points. And the platinum pick, I told you to take Indianapolis to beat San Diego because they had to. Their season was riding on it. They got the job done, barely, but they got the job done. Indianapolis beat San Diego 26-22, to so that worked out a straight-up win. So I swept the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze straight up. We also got an against the spread win because Indianapolis was only a two and a half point favorite at home in this one. They won the game by four. So that's an against the spread win at Indianapolis minus two and a half. I was three and one against the spread on the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks. We like that any day of the week. It was an over under loss. Unfortunately, I told you to take over 51 and a half points in a game that ended with 48. So that did not work out. I was only two and two over under uh, with the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze, but given that I only went six and ten overall, hey, two of them came in my top four picks, so I guess we'll take that. So straight up on the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze, I was four and zero oh. against the spread. I was three and one over under. I was two and two. Let's take a look at the straight up and against the spread private pick'em pools now. And for the first time in a long time, I get to call my own number here because week three, I said a lot of people struggled. I actually won week three, and I'm also sitting in first place in the straight-up pick'em pool, so it's been an excellent start to the season, if I do say so myself. I currently sit in first place out of 28 managers, 287 out of 408 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 70%, so I am our overall leader. And in week three, I won week three. I went nine and seven, as I mentioned, straight up with 91 out of 136 possible confidence points. That's a clip of only 67%, but it was good enough to win the week because most people, myself included, went with New Orleans in the Monday Nighter, and the people that went with Atlanta were too far behind to make up the difference. So, shout out to myself, I guess, for winning week three and being the straight-up pool's overall leader. Taking a look now at the against the spread pick'em pool, I currently sit in second place out of 19 managers, with 26 against the spread wins, again, 26 and 22. That's only a clip of 54%. But in week three, I did go, as I mentioned, 10 and six. That's a clip of 63%. So that is an excellent week three. I did not, however, win week three in terms of against the spread. Shout out to Garoppolo for MVP for winning week three. They were 11 and five against the spread in week three. That's an awesome clip. Again, double digits. You can't hate it. That's a clip of 69%. So Garoppolo for MVP wins week three. In a minute, man remains the overall leader in the against the spread pool. However, that gap is now closed because I'm in second place. I've got 26. In a minute, man is in first place. They've only got 27. So they're 27 and 21 
against the spread on the season so far. That's only a clip of 56%, so I'm right on in a minute man's heels. And there are a couple of different uh, managers who are right on my heels at 25, uh, 25 and 23. So, I mean, this is tight. We're all right there in terms of the against the spread pool. It's very close. But shout out to Garoppolo for MVP for winning week three and in a minute man for remaining the against the spread pools overall leader. Let's take a peek at Fantasy Corner and see how my fantasy football teams did in week three. Uh, overall, across my eight teams, I only went four and four. I mean, it's a 500 week. I guess I'll take that ultimately, but four and four should have been a little bit better. In the YouTube NFL Prognosticators Fantasy Football League, I had a very close matchup against Chalupa Batman, as you'll remember from last week's show. It was a projected loss for me by about 20 points. It came down to Monday night, and they had very good performances from both Matt Ryan and Mark Ingram. So it was a loss against Chalupa Batman, but it was probably the game of the week, I would say, in the Prognosticators League. So that shout out to Chalupa Batman there, because that was an excellent week three matchup. I lost it. I dropped down to now one and two. In week four, I have a favorable matchup against Gavin OC4, Gavin O'Connor, uh, who I have a projected win over in week four. So we're looking to even up the record there at two and two. So shout out to Connor Chalupa Batman for beating me in week three. Shout out to Gavin. Good luck this week, Gavin, in week four. I think you're going to need it because I'm coming for blood this week. Projected win over Gavin. We'll see how it goes. And I'll take this opportunity to remind you that if you're watching the video on YouTube, you can go to the description of the video, and that's going to give you all of my results from week three, all of my picks straight up against the spread and over under for week four in the NFL. You're going to be able to find information on joining the straight up and against the spread pick'em pools. You're going to find links to other high-quality NFL YouTube prognosticators who get out there and do this every single week. And you're also going to find a link to join the Facebook page, the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page. You'll also find a link to the SoundCloud, and SoundCloud is still doing very well. Thank you very much to all my listeners on SoundCloud and on iTunes. You guys are making this super fun. If you're listening on SoundCloud or iTunes, go to Facebook, search the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page, join us up there. We talk about football all week long, get our picks in there. There's trash talk. There's all kinds of fun stuff going on on the Facebook page. So make sure you get in on the fun. I ran a little long last week and I apologize for that. So we're going to try to get this uh, done a little bit quicker this week. We have one fewer game. There's only 15 games this week. So let's get into the rest of the picks before we talk about the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze. So we're going to start with Jacksonville playing host to Indianapolis. Jacksonville losing last week. Indianapolis finally winning. That Jacksonville game against Baltimore was a game that I really thought Jacksonville was going to win. And right now, the Jags are one of my most disappointing teams in the NFL because I honestly thought they were going to get out to a much better start than they've gotten out to so far. The games in Jacksonville, of course, you had that excellent week one game in Jacksonville uh, where they hosted Green Bay, where they almost beat the Packers. But again, that's also, I think, reflective a little bit of the Packers' struggles now. Jacksonville just simply not getting it done. Uh, in terms of offense, Jacksonville, they're not looking very good right now. They, you know, they're averaging about 300 yards of offense per game, which is really not that great. It's in the bottom, uh, the certainly bottom half of the league, really in the bottom 10 
in the league. And part of the problem is the the run game. The run game is just not there. They're only averaging 55 yards per game on the ground. That is second worst, I believe, in football uh, ahead of only Minnesota, which is shocking given that Minnesota's 3-0. and And they're the team that has Adrian Peterson, even though he's not playing right now. But second worst run offense in football right now. Blake Bortles is kind of getting it done through the air, but I think everybody was expecting them to take a bit more of a step forward. Indianapolis finally got off the schneid last week. They finally got the win against San Diego. San Diego's a decent football team. They're not great, but San Diego's a decent football team, and that was a must-win game for Indianapolis. And now I'm going to say this is a must-win game for Jacksonville. If Jacksonville does not win this game and Jacksonville slips to 0-4, ball game. I mean, let's be honest. For the 0-3 teams, it's basically ball game anyway. No team in NFL history has ever come back from an 0-3 start to the season to make the playoffs. So, I mean, look, they're probably not going to compete for the playoffs, but they've still got a shot at 500. They've only got to go 8-5 and five down the stretch to make it to 500. So that's a realistic possibility. If that's going to happen, they need to win this game. They're not going to win this game. The defense is just simply not good enough right now. Not to say that the Colts are some kind of world beaters on defense. But even though it's in Jacksonville, I like the Colts here to keep the momentum going. I still think this team is going to compete to win this division. So I like Indianapolis this week over Jacksonville. On the line, Indianapolis is a two and a half point favorite on the road. I'm going to take that two and a half points. It's not too many to give up. I think they're going to win the game. So Indianapolis minus two and a half. The total in this game is 49 and a half. I like the over here. Again, it's two defenses that don't play particularly well or haven't been playing particularly well so far this season. Indianapolis at times looks completely helpless on defense. So a 49 and a half, it's a relatively big number. It's not the biggest number we're going to look at this week but it's relatively big, I still think it's going to go over. So, Indianapolis beats Jacksonville in Jacksonville. I like Indianapolis minus 2.5 on the line and over 49.5 points. This is just a bit of a spoiler, and I kind of put this on the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page earlier this morning. In terms of the spreads in these games, there are 15 games in the NFL this week. I only like the home team against the spread in two. So I'm going to let the your brain start churning here. Let's go to Atlanta. The Falcons are now leading this division at 2 and 1 and they're going to play host to the Carolina Panthers off to a disappointing 1 and 2 start on the season. Cam Newton not looking like his uh, old self from last year. Then again, it's hard to live up to that. Now look, it's not like they're not doing anything. They're one of the top run offenses in football. As a matter of fact, they currently sit at number three in terms of their rush offense. The pass offense is really where it's kind of been let down so far for the Panthers. You expect Cam Newton to be able to put up more passing yards than a little over 243 per game, which currently has them sitting at number 19 in the NFL. Meanwhile, Atlanta They're doing pretty well. Now, some people say they've had a cupcake schedule so far. I didn't think Atlanta was going to be 3-0. Offensively, this team is just churning right now. The run game is great, putting up a buck 36 per game on the ground. They've got two 
really dominant running backs as displayed last night by Tevin Coleman's three-touchdown performance on Monday Night Football. That was pretty unbelievable. They're putting up 312 yards per game through the air. Matt Ryan having a bit of a quote-unquote career renaissance, even though he really hasn't gone anywhere. But, I mean, he's dishing it out. Julio Jones had a bad game last night. Matt Ryan still put up numbers through the air, so he's getting the ball out to multiple sources. It doesn't just have to be Julio Jones. I've been very impressed with the Atlanta Falcons so far this season. I still think, ultimately, Carolina's the better team. They're still probably going to be without Jonathan Stewart, so they're going to have to find a way to get Fozzie Whitaker more involved and have Fozzie Whitaker do more. Look, he had a pretty good debut last week. They're going to need more than that. But Atlanta's defense can be beaten. This is not exactly a world-beating defense. In terms of total defense, actually, Carolina, or sorry, Atlanta, not looking that great, to be perfectly honest. They're giving up 313 through the air per game, and they're allowing a buck 20 on the ground. So there's a lot of room here for Carolina to make those offensive numbers start looking a little bit better than they are. I think Cam Newton's got a chance here if he plays, which I assume he's going to. But if he plays, I assume he's got a a great chance here to put up big numbers against Atlanta. Get Kelvin Benjamin going. What the hell happened with Kelvin Benjamin putting up a zero last week? Sorry, Hatbox, because that really kind of screwed you in fantasy. I like Carolina to win this game straight up, even though they're on the road. I'll take Carolina to beat Atlanta. On the line, Carolina, a three-point favorite on the road. Not too many points. I'm going to take that one, too. So Carolina minus three against the spread. Total in this game is 46 points. Carolina's defense is not the dominant defense that they were last year. They're not showing that. And as we just mentioned, Atlanta's defense is can definitely be beaten. So I actually like this game to go over the 46 points. So Carolina beats Atlanta in Atlanta, Carolina minus three on the spread, and over 46 points. Off to Chicago now where the Bears have, it seems like, one home win since George Bush was president. They are going to be playing host to the Detroit Lions. This is the Bears' first game inside the NFC North division. It's the Lions' second. They lost against Green Bay in their only other division game, and they've lost two games in a row. Typically, I wouldn't be sort of all over the Detroit bandwagon in this one, especially given that they're on the road, but it's not a super long distance to travel, and Chicago is Chicago, and they're just, I'm sorry, like they're just bad. They're just a bad football team. It's showing more and more and more now that they're really missing Matt Forte. That's starting to look like a big mistake to let Matt Forte go because now you got Cutler. He's got weapons there, but it just doesn't look like he's finding them. And we may have to start admitting that Jay Cutler's just a plain bad quarterback. Meanwhile, in Detroit, I still like what that Detroit Lions offense is doing this year. Jim Bob Cooter, which is the best friggin' name in football. I love what he's doing with that offense. Uh, Detroit is dangerous. I think they are still in competition for this division, certainly for a wild card, and I think that starts with a win in week four. That's the way I'm going to go with it. I like Detroit on the road to beat Chicago. That's now three straight road teams that we've taken. On the line, Detroit only favored by two and a half points on the road. I'm going to take that one too because it's not too many to give up. I think Detroit's the better team. I'm hoping Detroit can kind of get 
Golden Tate going because they've really struggled with that so far this year, and that's hurting a couple of my fantasy teams. So please, let's get Golden Tate going here. So Detroit minus two and a half on the line, not too many points. I'm going to take that. This total is also 46 points, same as in Carolina, Atlanta, and I'm going to take the over on that one too. I think, uh, you know, Chicago's defense is not very good at stopping anyone. Detroit can put up the points. Detroit's defense has not played great this season, so I think Chicago has got a chance to punch a couple into the end zone. So 46 points, it's not too many for me. So I'm going to tell you to go over. Detroit beats Chicago in Chicago. Detroit minus two and a half, over 46 points. Now let's go to the game with the most question marks surrounding it. And that's New England hosting Buffalo. Now, typically, this would not be a game with question marks on it. Buffalo has not exactly played great so far this year. Now, look, they looked great last week against an Arizona team that I don't know what the hell is going on with that team. But in general on the season, Buffalo offensively, defensively, not a whole heck of a lot to sneeze at, nothing to write home about. However, they did look good last week, and Rex Ryan strikes me as a front runner, so that when he's got success, it goes great. But I don't think him, or by proxy his teams, have the kind of mental fortitude to kind of dig themselves out of, you know, really bad holes and really bad situations. I feel like they kind of cower up. Typically, it's a bad situation having to go into New England and play the Patriots in Gillette Stadium. But we don't know who's going to play quarterback for the Patriots. It might be a popcorn vendor. When your team is talking about potentially cutting a roster player to sign TJ Yates off the free agent market, you know things are going bad. And yet, miraculously, the Patriots are 3-0. It's like Bill Belichick is a magician. It's, it's unbelievable. This is my first game this week where I'm going to hedge my bets because I feel like New England wins this game, even if the popcorn vendor's playing quarterback. Look, th- there's a possibility that both Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett will be available for this game. There's a possibility as well, and an equal possibility, I would say, that neither of them are going to be available for this game. In which case, they may turn to Julian Edelman, which means Julian Edelman is a must-start fantasy player this week. But I'm going to hedge my bets because New England is four and a half point favorites at home, and I think that's too many. I think especially if none of those quarterbacks are available this week, that Buffalo's going to keep this game close because they're capable of doing that. Buffalo's capable of winning this game. I don't think they will. But I do like Buffalo plus four and a half on the line. So New England wins it straight up at home, but I like Buffalo plus four and a half. There is no total for this game yet, at least in terms of when I'm recording this episode. Here's the way I'm going to tell you to go with this. If the total is 45 points or more once it gets released, I would say take the under. Because we don't know what we're going to get from the New England offense because we don't know who's going to be playing quarterback. If it's under 45 points, like if it's 44, 43, 42, because of those kind of worries, it might be worth taking the over because if Garoppolo does play, I think New England's going to put up their points in a big bad way. So it really depends on what the number finally ends up being. But the way I'll tell you to go with it is the magic number here is 45. If it's 45 or more, take the under. If it's under 45, take the over. But I like New England to win the game straight up, but I like Buffalo plus four and a half on the line. Let's go to New York now where the Jets are going to play host to the Seattle Seahawks who finally look like they got their offense together and then Russell Wilson sprained his knee. And Thomas Rawls is going to be out multiple weeks. 
Luckily, Christine Michael looks like he's a total boss. And the Jets are coming off of a game where Ryan Fitzpatrick threw, I believe, 492 interceptions. Seattle, again, it looked like their offense, they're finally getting it back on track. But, again, we don't know whether Russell Wilson's going to play. Sprained knee? I would be very cautious with my franchise quarterback. A guy that's taken me to two Super Bowls in a very short period of time. I would be very careful with that guy. So, if it was me probably wouldn't play him against a very good Jets defense that's really, really going to pressure my offensive line. I would focus on my run game, my outside run game, try to get those cornerbacks involved in trying to stop the run because I like Christine Michael's chances of bulldozing some of those cornerbacks for the Jets. They don't strike me as super, super physical. So I really like Christine Michael's chances on the outside. Between the numbers, not so much. I love the Jets' defensive line. That is a big, physically dominant defensive line. And make no mistake about it, they're going to get their opportunities. They're going to get their shots in on whoever's playing quarterback for the Seahawks. It better not be Russell Wilson or else you're really playing with fire in terms of the future of your franchise. Seattle, I still think, is a better team. I'll be interested to see how Ryan Fitzpatrick bounces back from that terrible game last week. But I still like Seattle here. I think they're the better team. I'm going to take the Seahawks to beat the Jets in New York. Seattle's only favored by a point and a half on the line. The line opened at three and a half, but now it's only at a point and a half. This could very well be a pick'em or even a favorite for the Jets by the time game time comes. So hold off making a bet on this game until you see where the line's moving. If you see the line move up to minus two, grab it because it's going in the wrong direction. But... I like Seattle minus a point and a half here on the line. It's only a point and a half, and I like them to win, so let's take that. There is no total again for this game, but I would take the under no matter what the total is in this game. This could very well be a game that ends 10 to 7. So whatever the total is, I don't care if it's 29. Take the under because I think that's how it's going to go. Seattle beats the Jets straight up, Seattle minus a point and a half on the line, and under whatever the total happens to be. All right, let's pick up the pace here. The Washington Redskins at home facing the Cleveland Browns, a game that is at risk of being canceled due to lack of fan interest. Here's something interesting about it. Look, I think Washington clobbers Cleveland in this game. Cleveland is in total disarray. It looks like Terrell Pryor is back to playing quarterback now. But here's the thing about this. Washington is favored by 10 points in this game. What has Washington done to deserve a 10-point spread at home? Look, offensively, they're doing very well through the air. I'm not going to argue that. Actually, in fact, they're the number two passing offense in football right now, believe it or not. But Kirk Cousins is a quarterback that's got unbelievable confidence problems right now because everyone in the world is pointing their their criticism guns at him for how Washington is not doing as well as they sh- f- people feel that they should be doing. And the run game is really not that good. I mean, they're only averaging 75 uh, 76, sorry, 76 yards per game on the ground. That has them number 29 out of 32 teams in the league. And you look at them defensively, Washington is a porous, they're a Swiss cheese defense. They give up 300 yards a game through the air and a buck 23 on the ground. 
there is no reason why Washington should be favored by 10 points here. So Cleveland plus 10 on the line all day long. Take it to the bank and thank them for the money. I like Washington to win this game because I think they're a better team. But plus 10, take that for Cleveland plus 10 on the line. Total in this game is 45.5 points. Take the over on that one. It's two not very good defenses. So I think the offenses are going to be able to put up points here. And look, Terrell Pryor, I think, is a capable quarterback. So I think he's going to put up some numbers here no matter where they deploy him in this game. He's also a must-start fantasy player for week four, I would say. Washington beats Cleveland. Cleveland plus 10 on the line, over 45.5 points. Let's go to Maryland now where the Baltimore Ravens, the surprisingly 3-0 Baltimore Ravens, are playing host to the Oakland Raiders. And Oakland has, without a doubt, without question, statistically anyways, the worst defense in football this year. They can't stop a bloody thing through the air. Uh, they've, they're the only team in football to have given up 1,400 yards against in terms of their defense. They're the only team in football to have given up 1,000 yards through the air so far. They're giving up 340, and they're allowing a buck 36 on the ground. Now, somehow, they're only allowing 26 points per game. And I say only because based on those numbers, it seems like they should be giving up about 40. But they sit at number 22 in the league, which could be a lot better, obviously, but could be a lot worse. And this week they travel to Baltimore to play a team that has done surprisingly well this year, both offensively and defensively. Baltimore has really come to play this season. But I like Oakland to win this game. Hear me out. Yeah, that defense is bad. Uh, There's no other way to put it. That defense is bad. But are they that bad? Like, are they this bad as an actual defense? Mm -hmm. Probably not. You have to assume that at some point here, Oakland's going to turn it around. And to be fair, Oakland's 2-0 and on the road. I always talk about, oh, those Californian teams, they have such a problem traveling and changing time zones and blah, blah, blah. Oakland's 2-0 and on the road. I think Oakland's going to be 3-0 and on the road after this game. Call it an upset if you will. I like Oakland in Baltimore to beat the Ravens. On the line, the Ravens are 3.5-point favorites at home. I don't like that. I'm going to tell you to take Oakland plus three and a half on the road. And if you'll notice, we still have not taken a home team against the spread. As I mentioned, I only like two this week and they're still upcoming. Oakland plus three and a half on the line. Oakland wins this game straight up. Total in this game is 46 points. Take the over. Baltimore's defense is good. It's very good. Oakland's pass offense is very good. They've been able to put up points on the ground and put up yards on the ground. They're going to get their yards. They're going to get their points. It's going to go over. So Oakland beats Baltimore. Oakland plus three and a half and over 46 points. The Houston Texans playing host to the Tennessee Titans. I don't have a ton to say about this game. Uh, Brock Osweiler has been one of the more disappointing players to me in terms of production so far this season. I don't have him on any fantasy teams, but... He's just been disappointing to me, and he looks very uncomfortable. And Tennessee's got a secondary that can do some things. Like Tennessee's, their secondary's not amazing, but they've got, they they can do things with that secondary. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Tennessee get an interception or two. That said, I like Houston to win it. I think Houston's defense... So far on the season, slightly better than Tennessee's in terms of the points they've been giving up, as well as overall yardage. 
Now, Houston is allowing about a buck 25 on the ground so far this year. So Tennessee, with their running back combo of DeMarco Murray and Derrick Henry, I think they're going to be able to put up their yards. Will it translate to points? Hard to say. Houston's secondary has played very, very well this year. As a matter of fact, they may in fact, they are in fact, the number one pass defense in football so far this year. So Marcus Mariota in Tennessee is going to have his trouble putting up yards and points through the air. I like Houston in this one. Sure, given the benefit of being at home, I suppose, I like Houston. However, Houston's favored by six and a half points on the line, and I think Vegas is on crack with this one because Tennessee could very well win this game straight up. So I'm hedging my bets on this one in a big, bad way. I like Houston to win, but I like Tennessee plus six and a half on the line. So Houston straight up, Tennessee plus six and a half. The total in this game is only 40 and a half, and I believe it is. It is, in fact, the smallest total that we will look at this week. I still like it to go under because I think these two defenses can really dictate the pace of the game. I think it's going to be a trench battle, running battle, low scoring. I like under 40 and a half points. I like Tennessee plus six and a half on the line, but Houston wins straight up. Let's go to California now where San Diego is going to play host to the now 0-3 New Orleans Saints. And I guess I'm just going to ride this pony until it bucks me off. I like the Saints in this game and hear me out. I sound like I sound like an addict. I really do. It's like, okay, okay, I know it's gonna happen this time, but hear me out on this. With all of San Diego's injuries, they just added another one last week. Manti Teo. Now out for the season, and that's really gonna hurt San Diego's ability to stop the run. Now look. You look at how San Diego's doing so far stopping the run, they're actually pretty damn good. They're inside the top 10. They're at number six. They're only giving up 80, just under 82 yards per game on average. But this is also one of the worst secondaries in football. They rank number 30 out of 32 teams in the NFL, giving up 322 yards through the air per game. So I really think Drew Brees is going to have a field. This could be a 500-yard game. For Drew Brees, especially if he gets Willie Sneed back. Look, Willie Sneed was a game time decision on Monday night. I know this is going to be on a sh- quote unquote short week for them because it's only six days. And I know they have to travel essentially across the country, but I like New Orleans in this one. Call me an addict if you have to. Call me ridiculous if you have to. Eventually, San Diego's just going to have nobody to play with on the offensive side. And look, Melvin Gordon, he's played really well, he's been really good especially lately, and New Orleans defense is not very good, especially in terms of stopping the run. As a matter of fact, they are the worst run defense in football through the first three weeks. I still like New Orleans. I guess it's a coin flip. Call it whatever you want. Call it the best and the worst. Call it whatever you want. I like New Orleans to win this game straight up. So I definitely like New Orleans plus four on the line. Even if they lose, I think this is going to be a close game. And I think Drew Brees is going to have a dominant game. So New Orleans plus four on the line. New Orleans wins straight up. Our total here is 52 points. It's the largest total we're going to look at this week. Go over on it. This could be one of those 70 to 80 point games. It could look like a college game, to be perfectly honest. Take the over 52, take New Orleans plus four on the line, and I like New Orleans to win that game straight up. 
We're going to head down to the San Francisco Bay now where the 1-2 49ers are going to play host to the 2-1 Dallas Cowboys. The very impressive 2-1 Dallas Cowboys given that their starting quarterback and starting running back are both rookies. Dak Prescott threw his first career NFL touchdown last week. Ezekiel Elliott topped 100 yards, I believe, for the first time in his career, in his NFL career last week. He finally looked looked like he belongs in the NFL, although he did still cede goal line work to both Lance Dunbar and Alfred Morris in that game. So it definitely hurts the fantasy value. In any case, Ezekiel Elliott finally had a really good elite level game last week. I think that continues in week four. San Francisco, they impressed me with their week one game. The last two weeks, not so much. They can put up their points, but the defense still pretty porous. It's the worst defense in that division. I think Dallas is going to be able to exploit that with arguably the second, I would say the second best defense in their division because obviously Philadelphia has just been playing lights out so far this season, only giving up nine points per game. That's just ridiculous. I like Dallas in this one. I think it's going to be a comfortable win for the Cowboys. I think they're going to have an opportunity to let their secondary and their defense kind of shine in this game because I think they go up, they go up early in this one. And this could be the game, and I keep talking about it, But this could very well be the game where the decision is made slash forced, if you will, to put Colin Kaepernick back in the game. Blaine Gabbert, fine quarterback, can't throw the bloody football. They rank number 30. They're the third worst passing offense in football right now. And they have the tools. They have the pieces there to be able to be a better pass offense than they are. And one of those tools like it or not, is Colin Kaepernick. I think this is going to be the game because I think Dallas is going to comfortably win this game. That puts San Francisco at one and three. Look, they're in a position here where this division is not settled by any means. If San Francisco wins, all of a sudden, like they're back in a tie for the division lead. So it's not, this is going to be a much closer division than it typically has been. And I'm sorry, Colin Kaepernick gives your team the best chance to win. Anyways, I'm going to stop. I'm just going to stop talking about Kaepernick, but at least I'm talking about something other than the friggin' national anthem. I like Dallas to win this game comfortably. I think it's Blaine Gabbert's last start for a little while because I think Kaepernick comes in. But Dallas wins the game. I like Dallas minus three on the line, three points, not too much to give up, even though it's on the road. The total in this game is 46 points. I'm going to tell you to go under on it. Just because I think San Francisco's defense can play. They didn't show up last week, but they can play. And same thing with Dallas. Dallas's defense can play. Uh, They're only giving up 20 points a game. So I think there's at least a decent chance here that that this game stays under. So I'm going to tell you to go under 46 points. Dallas minus three on the line. Dallas wins it straight up. And the final game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week four is the Pittsburgh Steelers playing host to the Kansas City Chiefs. And the Pittsburgh Steelers got bloody embarrassed last week. That was one of the worst defensive showings that I think I've ever seen. When Darren Sproles, and look, this is no disrespect to Darren Sproles, who is an incredibly elusive player. But when Darren Sproles just starts going Benny Hill on your secondary, 
I'm going to go in this direction. I'm going to go in that direction. I'm going to go in this. Oh, okay, cool. The cornerback just fell over. And then I'm just going to whoop around the other guy and score a touchdown from a play that looked like it was going to be either a sack. When it looked like it was going to be a sack and it ends up as a touchdown, your defense is bad. Like, that was just such a bad play. And it was, I wanted to start playing the Benny Hill music during all the replays of that play. Just do, 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 do. It was like it was something out of a video game. It was like he fired up a game genie and just like turned tackling off. Like it was just, it was ridiculous. So Pittsburgh got embarrassed last week by Philadelphia. Philadelphia, the dominant team in their division, arguably one of the dominant teams in the NFC. It gets no easier this week. The Chiefs are coming to town. They're only giving up 16, 17 points per game. That defense playing very well, obviously had an unbelievable week last week. Pittsburgh needs to figure out how to play some defense. If they think that they're going to win this game. Now look, they won their one home, their one home game. They're one and one outside of the division. I think Pittsburgh wins this game because look, I just think Pittsburgh is a better team. And of course it helps that the Steelers now have big, bad Le'Veon Bell back in the lineup. Congratulations, Billy B. I think Pittsburgh's going to employ a two-headed monster at running back in terms of Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams. I think Pittsburgh's going to be able to just pound Kansas City into submission here. I like Pittsburgh at home to beat Kansas City. However, Pittsburgh being favored in this game by six points is too many. I like Kansas City plus six on the line. We still have not taken a home team. That means both of my home teams against the spread are in my platinum gold silver and bronze picks six points is too many in a game that kansas city could very well win straight up because pittsburgh's defense is starting to look real real bad so i like pittsburgh to win straight up but kansas city plus six on the line all day total in this game is 47 and a half points i actually like the under there i think this is going to be a ground battle trench warfare Kansas City's defense obviously can play very well. Pittsburgh's defense can play well. They just haven't exactly done it. Well, certainly not last week. And, you know, they, they've had their struggles so far this season. But 47.5 points to me, it's just a couple of points too many. So I'm going to tell you to go under 47.5. Kansas City plus six on the line, but Pittsburgh wins straight up. All right, kids, platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week four. Let's do this. We're going to start at the bottom, of course, as always, with the bronze pick where I'm 2-1 and one straight up, 1-2 and two against the spread, and 2-1 and one over under. And my bronze pick this week sees an NFC West matchup of the Los Angeles Rams taking on the Arizona Cardinals. If last week's game was a must-win, definite must-win game for the Indianapolis Colts, this week is a definite must-win game for the Arizona Cardinals. You can't pin it on the run game. You got to pin it entirely on Carson Palmer and that defense. This is going to be a low-scoring trench warfare game. This is going to be very physical, arguably one of the best running back matchups we've seen so far this season in Todd Gurley who finally got it going last week taking on David Johnson. Carson Palmer needs to get it figured out. He's got to get it figured out. Against the Rams, I think he's got a chance to get it figured out because if you look, Los Angeles is only middle of the pack. They're giving up 266 yards through the air per game. They're also giving up 100 even on the ground. The thing about it is they're just not giving up a ton of points with it. They're only giving up 21 points per game. 
Arizona needs to get it figured out. I think their secondary can feast on Case Keenum or Jared Goff. Doesn't matter really who it is. They need to figure out how to stop Todd Gurley because Arizona is giving up a buck 33 on the ground per game. That is inside the bottom bottom five. They need to figure out how to stop Todd Gurley. If they can do that, they win this game. I like that to happen. I like Arizona at home to beat Los Angeles for the bronze pick straight up. Against the spread for the bronze pick, Arizona's favored by eight points. That's just too many. I can't give them the benefit of that against a good LA Rams team, good LA Rams defense with a good running back who finally got it going last week. So I like LA plus eight on the line there, even though I like Arizona to win it straight up. Your total is 43 and a half points. I'm going to say go the under on this one because Los Angeles is not going to really have much of anything happening through the air. Uh, the run game, I think, is going to drain a lot of time off of this clock. 43 and a half points. To me, it's just too many. So, Arizona wins straight up. I like LA plus 8 on the line and under 43 and a half points. That's the bronze pick. My silver pick where I am 3-0 straight up, 3-0 against the spread, and 1-2 and over under. It's been my most successful pick so far this season. Sees the New York Giants travel to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Very briefly about this game, uh, Minnesota's defense. That's pretty much it. Uh, Minnesota's defense. It's just, it. it's unbelievable. And it's the first home team spread that I actually like this week. So I like Minnesota to beat the Giants. The Giants have now lost Shane Vereen for the season. That means this is Rashad Jennings's ground game going forward. His health has been, you know, up and down really at best. And Minnesota's just got the best or second best defense in the NFC. And I think they exploit that this week in a plus matchup at home. Sam Bradford's had another full week with this playbook. He's getting better every week. They've got weapons on that offensive side. I like Minnesota in this one. Minnesota beats the Giants straight up. And I like Minnesota minus four on the line. It's only four points. It's not a ton to give up. So Minnesota minus four. Total in this game is 43 and a half points. I'm going to tell you to go under again because once again, it's a really good defense in Minnesota, a probably a little bit underrated defense in the New York Giants. Minnesota offensively, nothing to write home about, although I think they're starting to get a little bit better. So really it just comes down to what are the Giant what's the Giants offense going to be able to do against this Minnesota defense? I don't think it's going to be a lot. So 43 and a half points, it's too many as far as I'm concerned, so go under 43 and a half. Minnesota wins straight up. Minnesota minus 4, under 43 and a half. That's the silver pick. My gold pick where I am 3-0 straight up and 2-1 and both against the spread and over-under sees the Denver Broncos travel to Tampa Bay to take on the Buccaneers and the Bucs finally showed why their defense is an absolute dumpster fire. As I've been saying since the beginning of the year, Tampa Bay is an overrated football team and Denver is going to clobber them this week. There is no line that would have been too big for me to take Denver against Tampa Bay. I know it's in Tampa Bay. But Denver proved last week that they can win away from Denver. And I think they're going to have a huge game this week. Denver wins this thing straight up on the road. Denver's only favored by three points on the road. Take that all day. That's a gift. Take that all day, all day, all day. Denver minus three. Total's 44 and a half. Go over on it. I know Denver's defense is unbelievable, but I mean, Tampa Bay barely has one. So, I mean, Denver could put up 40 points, and then it's just a matter of, well, Tampa Bay get a couple of field goals in there, you know what I mean? So I'll take over 44.5 on this one. I'll take Denver minus 3 and Denver to win straight up. That's the gold pick. 
And my platinum pick, the last game we're going to look at this week where I am 3-0 straight up, but only 1-2, both against the spread and over-under, sees the Miami Dolphins travel to Cincinnati to take on the Bengals. And this is what this game comes down to for me. Cincinnati's too good of a football team to only be 1-2. Miami needed overtime to beat Cleveland. That's about all I really have to say about it, I guess. Uh, Cincinnati... The pass offense has been great. The run game is starting to turn it around. That defense is fine. And Miami, aside from really their pass game, right now they're going to be focused on, you know, Jay Ajayi, I think, as still as their lead back, while Arian Foster probably continues to sit out with his groin problems. So I think this is set up for an absolute Cincinnati beatdown. So I like the Bengals here all day to win at home straight up for the platinum pick. Cincinnati's only favored by a touchdown at home. I'll take that. Really, you could swap this line with the Cleveland-Washington game, and I'd probably still take Cincinnati minus 10, but I'll certainly take Cincinnati minus 7, and if that line gets any lower, jump on that right away. Total for this game is also 44.5, same as it was in Denver-Tampa Bay, and once again, I'm going to tell you to go over on it just because I think Cincinnati is going to put up their points in a big, bad way. And look, Miami's capable of putting up points. Let's not let's make no mistake about it. Jarvis Landry, he's one of the best wide receivers in football. So Jarvis Landry could have a couple touchdowns in this game if Cincinnati blows a coverage or two, which they have been known to do. So 44.5 points, I think you can safely go over on that one. So platinum pick, Cincinnati beats Miami, Cincinnati minus 7 on the line, over 44.5 points. No comments from SoundCloud this week, so we're going to go back to YouTube for the comment of the week from the week three video. And the comment of the week from last week goes to my old friend, Jackie Boy. Now, Jackie Boy has been a listener, watcher of mine for quite some time, following each other on Twitter. He's always been a good contributor to content that I've put out, and uh, he's always, always entertaining, and I love his insights. Jackie Boy gets the comment of the week this week, saying last week, Love the show, my man, but am I the only one who misses the old videos? I loved the old stuff. You have a great camera presence. This post may have been fueled by Jim Beam, but who cares? Keep it up, Justin. So that was awesome. Jackie Boy is the only one who has really expressed that, oh my God, I really miss the old videos. Like, I mean, there, I'm sure there are people that are, and in some ways I miss the old videos. But he's the first one to kind of come right out and say, like, man, I, I, like, I love the show, but I'm, I kind of miss the old videos. But thank you very much, Jackie. You are the comment of the week from the week three video. Again, means a lot to get, you know, kind words from, especially from people that have been watching for a long time when it comes to the new format. Again, just a reminder, soundcloud.com slash Bridgewater's Finest or search Bridgewater's Finest on iTunes to get the audio only version of the podcast. But thank you, Jackie boy. You are the comment of the week from the week three video. So that's going to do it for week four in the NFL. We're going to get you out of here on my CFL picks. And my CFL picks, whoo, they're not doing well so far this year. I was one and three again last week. So that only puts me at seven and nine. See, I told you picking the CFL was more difficult than the NFL. In any case, in the CFL, in week 15 action, I like Winnipeg at home to beat Edmonton. I like Calgary on the road in the hammer to beat Hamilton. I like BC at home to beat Ottawa, and I like Montreal at home to upset the Toronto Argonauts. Those are the CFL picks for week 15, and that is going to do it for week four in the NFL. Enjoy the games this week. We got a slate of really interesting, kind of compelling 
fun-looking games. I hope you enjoy them as much as I will. That's it for me. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Week four is in the books. Hope you enjoy it. We'll see you again for week five.